This podcast was created to educate listeners on the experiences of diverse individuals. However, all opinions expressed by the host or guests do not reflect the overall standing of Tarleton Radio or Tarleton State University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making Space a Diversity Dialogue. I'm your host, Cole, and this is a bi-weekly podcast where together we'll have questions answered about socially sensitive topics while learning how to create lasting relationships with diverse people. This episode, we'll be focusing on uh, Native Americans or Indigenous people, the recent terminology that is, and uh, what it's like to be Indigenous in America today and what others can do to advocate for Indigenous people. I have my guest with me in studio today, which is really exciting. This is the first time in a long time we haven't been on Zoom. And she is also a Tarleton student and has previously worked with the Office of Diversity, Inclusion, and International Programs, Abigail Horsley. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm a senior here at Tarleton State. I am a history major, getting my teaching certification as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Gotta gotta get that too. Right, right. I mean, you're trying to educate people, right? Exactly. It's a good podcast to come on if you're trying to educate people. Yes, exactly. It works out perfectly. Just just write it on your resume. Right, yeah. I did this and this. Yes, yes. All right. I think we're just going to jump right in. And uh, can you explain or describe your personal identity as Indigenous or Native American? Um, so I'm part of the Choctaw tribe, which is now in Oklahoma. Um it was originally on the west or on the eastern uh, part of the country, but now our nation is now in Oklahoma. So I tie a lot of home to there. Um, a lot of things involved in that. Um, mm-hmm. I try to spend as much time as I can, proud of my heritage and showing how I can promote that to other people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to, you know, say, yes, I'm Native American. Yes, I'm Indigenous. Yes, I'm Choctaw. Um, I know that there are some people who, out, who out, are out there and they're just like, I don't want to say it because, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm whitewashing anything right. like that. And I'm just like, no, be proud of who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of anything like that. It's hard because I, when I was doing my research, I was, uh, Looking at a lot of, of course, the reservations and how um, indigenous people were separated and allotted certain spaces, but it was really all in, all informed to try to assimilate, assimilate uh, Native Americans into like the white European culture. Yeah, and I lived in California for quite some time as well. Um, I've moved around a lot as a kid, so when we lived in California. It was really cool. Um, even though I was chalked on that's, you know, now based out of Oklahoma in California, there's the Shumash, which is what we lived, uh, the tribe we lived near. And so I could go to these missions and I got to visit, um, Santa Catalina Island, which there's a book kind of based off that area as well. And I got to see how the Native Americans were forced to live in these missions. Mm. And it was just so surreal, you know, going to camps and going to visit every year at school you know, all about these um, missions and about what the Native Americans were going through and how they were just forced to colonize with the Europeans Mm -hmm. and, you know, with the Spaniards out there and the Spaniards here in Texas. And then you get to the East Coast and all of, you know, 
the British and the French right, and everything right. like that. It's it's crazy. It is. And, and again, from the resources that I will definitely include in the description, folks that are listening, uh, it talked a lot about how it, it's strange because you see a lot with um, the black community, how it was very segregated, like make sure that it doesn't mix. And when you're looking at history with indigenous people, it's very much so how it was encouraged. You should be more European. You should be Christian. You should be this, that, and the other closer to what they thought was normal. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so different that, you know, with the, with being, you know, African-American, you were forced to be so far away from everybody and you weren't allowed to do those things. Mm-hmm. And for a while... They were like, okay, well, since you're Native American or you're indigenous, you need to be Christian. You need to be Mm -hmm. white passing almost. Right. Like there's no more of that. And so it is just so different how, you know, they got not away with it or how they just got passed kind of over because they could pass as white. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. It's a different dynamic there. And that's kind of leads into my my next question how does it feel and how does it affect you as a student being in a primarily, I, I want to say white, but I mean, of course, it's it's just like you're of European descent um, students. How, is, how does that affect you in uh, your identity, being a student here where it's primarily just people who are who are white and, and of European descent that don't really know much, honestly, about Native American indigenous people? It's very different because um, growing up in California, I had those other tribes or right. other people mm-hmm. who, you know, kind of knew the same thing. Like the Shumash, I was able to kind of relate to kids who were that. And then I lived in Kansas and I was about one other girl who or one other kid in the whole school besides my siblings who were Native American. Mm-hmm. And so it's very hard now coming to college and there's no group for us. There's yeah. not like anything on campus for us, really. And, I mean, I'm very grateful that I did the Diversity Dialogue in 2019. I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that got me into such great contacts. I've met some wonderful professors and friends from that. Um, And so now I'm just like, okay, where where else can I use my voice? Mm -hmm. So trying to find something, and I don't have much time left here at Tarleton. And so I kind of feel stuck on what I need to, what I can do and how I can put myself out there to advocate and support indigenous people. Do you have an idea of how you're going to do that outside of college yet? or? Um, the Choctaws have supported me through so much with everything going on through COVID and everything. They've supported me through college. Um, they have a higher education program and they've supported my family my entire life that I'm going to, I plan to give back Mm -hmm. to the Choctaws, especially with everything that they've done for me. And I'm so very grateful for everything that I want to be able to give another, you know, a Native American child the same opportunities I've got to. Like I've, you know, basically went through my first two years of college debt-free because of all the support I had. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to, you know, a lot of these kids are coming from lower income and I want to be able to support them the way that I was supported and so I definitely want to start like either a foundation or, you know, something a scholarship or, a scholarship or, or mm-hmm. donate something to 
anybody who wants to support, you know, Native Americans in any way. Right, right. That That's great. I, that's amazing. It, it helps so much for people to donate. And that's not me trying to uh, tell you to go yes. out and donate, but it's it's certainly a good cause. And there are a lot of good causes that that donation works for. Um, let's go to a little bit of a terminology question associated with uh, Native American people and Indigenous people. So can you kind of explain the difference, if you know the difference between using the term Native American versus Indigenous and maybe why, maybe why that's important? Yes. Um, so Native American, um, a lot of people use that with the history of like the America, the name, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that. Spanish, um, I believe he was Spanish, um, the guy who came over, yes, and, yes, yes. Know, yes, Americano, or whatever his last name right. was, I'm mm-hmm. completely blanking on it, as that's okay, it's not a history right podcast, now. it's not a history <laughs> podcast, thanks, um, but, you know, they were there beforehand, and that's, you know, that's where you get that native from, mm-hmm. is because they were originally here, and so I personally try to use, you know, indigenous people if I can, mm-hmm. um, I know that it's a slip of tongue, because, we're changing with the times right. um, a lot about the name, just like with um, instead of Latino, you're using Latinx. Right. You're right. And so we're trying to change with that time. There's the occasional, you know, you slip of the tongue where you use Native American, but I don't think it's derogatory in any way or anything okay. like that, like using, you know, redskins or something of that right, sort. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just. I want to say it's personal preference Okay. Um, to a point. I don't see it as offensive as somebody, you know, had said, hey, are you Native American? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that as offensive. I mean, maybe I would say, hey, we're called indigenous people now. That's kind okay. of that. So do you think uh, for listeners out there, maybe starting to use indigenous over Native American mm-hmm. would be important? Especially because, you know, they went, they went away with like Columbus Day and they put it right. as indigenous day, All right. not indigenous Native American people. day. Right, right. That's good. That's good. Okay. All right. Um, let's take another kind of term question. Can you describe what a nation is versus maybe a tribe or why we would use those terms in different places? So a tribe, I would see more as um, like Navajo or not necessarily a, but like a closer knit. There's okay. a lot of um, people who can claim that there's, you know, that they are when they're not. Mm-hmm. And so tribe is kind of like a family thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's not a lot of Navajo nowadays. So I would use tribe as that. Nation, I mean, there's plenty of nations in Oklahoma. You have the Chickasaw, you have Choctaw, there's Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Those kind of have a form of government. Um, okay. So we have like a president, like our, our head council kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um. And so that's that would be the so difference. So the distinction really. there is like if they have like, like a, if that nation has a mm-hmm. form of government. Yeah, and okay. that's kind of part of like the difference with reservations as well. Um, like Oklahoma doesn't have reservations. Mm. It's all just part. You have ten and a half counties that are Choctaw land. I see. So we don't. We wouldn't say like you know I I live in the I live in the ten and a half counties. I live in the nation. I don't live on the reservation. I see. Can the nation be part of the reservation, or is it is it distinct that way? So there's definitely reservations versus a nation. I think there's definitely reservations versus the nations. Okay. Um, the way that I see it, I mean, everybody may see it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like it's hard in, to generalize yes, a, a exactly. humongous group of people like in new mexico you don't see nations you see the reservations mm -hmm. so i think there's just a little bit of a separation between the two okay so when you're talking about you grew up on a nation it's not what you think of as the government allotted this to indigenous people back in the early 1900s 1800s yeah okay okay um let's see let me look at my questions here we talked about a little bit about tribe and is that is that something that you that we should be using the word or is that should we switch to using nation or i think it depends on the place you're looking at um i can really only speak for Choctaw right. as mm -hmm. you know i am and so, I mean, say that our sister, the Chickasaws, they want to start using tribe. Well, we should respect that and use what they want. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it can be used. You just don't see it a lot nowadays. Right. Um, it's just not one of the common words okay. among a lot of people. Okay. Um, well, thinking about tribe, there's in the media and in... A lot of, I, I would say, like, fashion, I guess. There's a lot of appropriation of that word. Can you kind of describe your feelings and, like, what cultural appropriation means to you? That's a hard one, of course. It is yes. hard. I'm sorry. Um, dude. No, it's okay. It's, I mean, um, cultural appropriation, you know, respect the heritage. Um, you know, I'm not going to go around, you know, with a feathered you know headdress because mm -hmm. that's not something that was you know it was mainly used for like people of high standards you know I'm not gonna go running around with one or there's you know pictures of like tattoos and stuff mm -hmm. and there's a difference between mis like not understanding and misusing the culture and like the heritage and those kinds of things and understanding and appreciating it right and so it all just depends on that as well. Like, I'm not going to go confront somebody because I see them wearing a headdress and be like, you shouldn't be wearing that. That's, you know, cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. But say that they had, you know, came out and said, hey, I don't understand this. Can you explain this to me? And I'm like, okay, well, as Choctaws, we see it as this. Okay. Other tribes, you know, um, they allow women to wear it. Women can wear it there. Mm -hmm. it's, it just depends. Um I see a lot of the Pocahontas outfits. Yes, yes, the costumes. Mm -hmm. Yes, the costumes. The costumes kill me. They they internally just, they don't sit right. It's not yeah. something that was worn. It's not something that should be seen as worn. I'm very, you know, glad that the Washington went away with their, their name tag of the Redskins. Uh, yes. Now they're Washington State or Washington football. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that they went away with that. You know, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I kind of, I don't yeah. see much wrong with using the name Chiefs. I think it's a great honor to use that name. And yes, it goes into, you know, not something that's traditionally used or, you know, in a Native American, indigenous person setting. But I don't see anything necessarily wrong with that name. I think they use it in a good manner. Okay. So it just really depends on how you feel about it as well. Um... I mean, 
mainly my main thing is like my biggest pet peeve is like the outfits <laughs> uh so like the what is it uh is it boho that usually yes that that quote-unquote boho style yes, is it's usually like the big headdresses mm-hmm. and the, the hats which i didn't know hat. apparently so i'm sorry i didn't know this but i was looking through like tiktok of course um of course that's gotten very popular <laughs> yes. and some indigenous videos started popping up you know and then the hats the uh the wide brimmed kind of round hats i i did not know that that was uh based in indigenous culture a certain nation i think um i'm that was crazy i didn't know there are so many things that that style has taken on it's yeah it's very crazy and you know living in texas is always cowboys versus indians Right. Um, their schools right. um, that are like, you know, their mascots are the Indians and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, it, I mean, I don't see necessarily, it's not the greatest name for right. a school mascot to be yep. an Indian. Uh, yeah. um, but also, I'm very glad that they're not wearing headdresses when they have their pep rallies or anything. I haven't that's seen true. that. So that's, that's true. You know, we're taking one step at a time here. Right. So well, what would you tell listeners who may want to appreciate that sort of culture um, in that way? Should What should they go about doing if they want to purchase things like that? Um, I would definitely say research, research, research. Okay. Find somebody within that nation. Look up their, you know... Their, I wouldn't say background, but, like, look up who they are. Um, I find a lot of online through Twitter, you know, I love the Navajo beads, and mm-hmm. I don't want to buy fake ones. I want to buy from somebody real. Yeah. I want to buy, like, real moccasins, and I know that those are pricey. I'm not going to go buy, like, a $20 pair when mm. I know that I can get a nice pair for, you know, I'm going to drop a couple hundred on it, unfortunately. Right. And so I'm very, very grateful that my aunt makes um, dresses. And mm-hmm. so she's making me a, we're going to be working together this summer on a ceremonial dress for graduation for me. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I'm so excited because my aunt, um, her husband is Chickasaw and that's like a sister tribe to us. So all of my cousins are Chickasaw and I've watched growing up them, you know, be all dressed and all fancy and I've never had my own dress and I've watched them go to powwows and participate, mm-hmm. but I've never had my own dress or anything. So I haven't been able to actually participate in what's going on in the activities inside i've been to them multiple times but i've never actually got to be in a choctaw is that like an age thing or no um it's a choice it's just a choice i've just never had a dress Mm -hmm. um they're kind of pricey to make right i'm very very grateful my aunt has like offered to help me like i'm gonna purchase it all she's gonna help me sew it um all that kind of stuff love her for that it's gonna be so nice i'm so excited (laughs) but that is amazing um yeah it's just price wise i haven't made one completely okay but yeah so try to try to research your your the people who make them yeah so research your purchases especially if they have any sort of what seems to be indigenous um kind of culture related to it even a lot of the patterns i've seen recently Mm -hmm. especially in blankets blankets and shirts and stuff just recognize that 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 may be from someone else's culture and maybe you should get that and support the people who are actually of that culture definitely okay so um this is kind of a term that 
maybe not a lot of the listeners will recognize, but once you recognize, once we get through like what the idea of it is, you might recognize. Could you explain blood quantum a little bit and what your thoughts are about it? Yes. So blood quantum is the degree of how much of a certain race I mean, that you can prove. Okay. So with indigenous people, um, with the Dawes rolls, you had to go sign up and you right. had to say how much you were. So if you were full, if you were half, if you were a quarter, you know, whatever. Um, and honestly, it was hard for them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them lied on the rolls. Okay. Because ended up, if you said that you were more, you were going to be moved. I see. And so that's kind of how a lot of people ended up on, you know, Trail of Tears as well. And Mm -hmm. that's how kind of we moved into Oklahoma and that area is because of the blood quantum. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to get out and move. We're originally from Choctaw, Alabama. Okay. We're now in Oklahoma. How does that happen? Right. You know? And so you got moved based on your blood quantum. Um, I have, I can go back and trace it exactly who in my family line was on that role and who signed it, and which I think is awesome. That 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 is incredible. So, I mean, if you even think that you're remotely, go find it. Go look it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it from my mother's side, but on my father's side, they, you know, we, we strongly believe that there was some, but they never went and signed the roles. Mm. So we can't prove it on that side because there was no, you know, proof. And that's why you have uh, Eastern bands of certain, um, you know, nations or certain tribes at that time. So, like, we have an Easter band of Cherokee. You have an Eastern band of Choctaw. Uh And they're not regulated, like, the same with nations because they didn't sign any rules or anything. There's no... There's no federal allotments um, of funds or or land or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Interesting. Um, So... I've heard a lot of things like, now this is, <laughs> this isn't research based. This is just like things that I've heard of, but that certain maybe nations or even reservations won't allow people to move on that set of land without a certain percentage. I would say it depends okay. on who. I know that, um, the Cherokee are a little bit more strict on who can get what mm-hmm. um, because they are, they're just a lot more stricter, I would say. Okay. So, like, Choctaws and, like, Chickasaws are pretty relaxed on their, like, blood quantum. You know, if you mm-hmm. have something, we're, we're going to be there for you. Um, I would not say that's the same for, like... Navajo or anybody, especially not for Cherokee. And I know that's one of the biggest tribes, too, out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, anybody can say that they're anything. Right. And not, you know, not have proof to back it up. Or if they do have the proof, like, you you need to make sure that you're, you know, you're signed up within that nation, tribe, or whatever Mm -hmm. to get something. Okay. So it just, it depends on where you are. Because... We're very relaxed, and, you know, if you have even a little bit, we're going to accept you no matter what. Right. Okay. What do you feel the biggest issue is for Indigenous folks in society today? I think the biggest issue today is whitewashing and cultural appropriation, for sure. Mm. Um, You know, there's... 
anybody can be anything. They can say that they're something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like the biggest thing is one of the biggest things is, you know, you see people be like, oh, well, I'm Native American. And they they convince themselves and they convince other people when they're really not. And, you know, and so we get this like misrep as well of like, oh, well, you know, everybody's saying that they're related to Pocahontas or something. Mm-hmm. Or there's that it, there's a thing called the Cherokee Princess Syndrome. Okay. And it's where people, you know, say that they're a Cherokee, like their grandma was a Cherokee princess. And they go in this, like, tandem of just saying we're Native American, but, like, they have no proof to back it up. They haven't done their own research or anything. And mm-hmm. they just say it because that's what they were told by parents or grandparents. Right, right. And so I think that's part of it. Um, And then just cultural appropriation like the headdresses and the outfits and stuff like that mm-hmm. like it really it's, does it's very popularized especially yes. in the media and i mean also you look at tv shows and look how trashy the reservations are and look how trashy nations are that's mm-hmm. not like the truth there there might be you know you look at shows like yellowstone and mm-hmm. they they make the reservation look like complete and utter trash like Mm -hmm. you know they are under underfunded and they need to be funded and you know they there's a sense of community there that they don't put in like the shows you know everybody has each other's back and everybody's going to support everybody and that's not something that you see you see you know always fights with you know other people or the you know, there's casinos and they make everybody big and bad within the casino yep, and stuff true. like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, the casinos really do help us. Right. That's where a lot of money comes from is the casinos because there's people who are willing to spend that money to fund us. Mm-hmm. So have you, this may seem like a, a very insensitive question, but um, since this is the show for it, um, have you been to a reservation could you say what it's like? And I, I know you mentioned the nations and that those the counties are are they like everywhere else? Is it would you say it's more low income? I would say reservations are very low income. Um it just depends. I mean they're it's very underfunded. I've been to a few and driven through quite a few between like New Mexico and Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad. It, it's sad to see like rundown houses and those are what people are living in. Or you know the trailer houses that are falling on one side. Like people are living in those still today, and that's how they're going to you know support their family. And a lot of the time, I see oh well, you can just leave the reservation. Like you can get off the res. Mm. Or you can leave, and I'm like, those people don't really have a choice. They have a family to support. Right. And that stinks for them is they don't want to leave their family because there's such a sense of family importance and community within Indigenous people because we don't really have anybody else. We're here to support each other. Right. And so I think it stinks and it sucks that, you know, from the outside looking into a point, where I'm very grateful for the way that I was raised and very grateful for the things that I have that these other people didn't get the option. Um, 
I'm raised in a very loving household. My mom, on the other hand, where, you know, I get my heritage from, was right. not raised in a very loving household. My mm-hmm. mom was adopted out because I see there, you know, there wasn't great, anything great for her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get this bad rep because a lot of these kids are, you know, put into foster care and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What could listeners do to advocate for Indigenous folks or help better understand Indigenous people? Support. Support your friends. Always just just be there. Be behind them. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's the same with, like, I, I've read and I've written papers over, like, the AIM movement, and I see... Um, just the support from other people that they had brought in. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say, if you're going to advocate, you need to, you know, have a backup. You need that support system to advocate. I'm very grateful for the friends and family that I have that are going to support me 100% of the time, um, you know, coming on the show, or they're going to support me if I decide to do something a little risky mm. um, and be, you know, more involved in something. I would say if you... Believe in something, support it. Right. Go go out for it. I'm very grateful that I was part of that diverse dialogue. And that created a, such a support system with me and right. some of my professors and people's classes I have joined. Not even, you know, not anything to do with my degree. I've just taken their classes because they were such a support to me mm-hmm. after, you know, I had Doing that around. dialogue. Right. And they can't, you know, they had so many questions for me. And they were so willing and ready to learn. That's also a big thing is, like, be ready to learn something different. Okay. Um, my my best friend and my roommate, she is, um, her family is, like, Czech and German. And so we've talked about things, like, she's like, okay, well, what's different for you guys and what's different for me? And I'm like, okay, we're comparing the two. I'm supporting her. You know, I I want to understand. So I'm not doing this wrong. Or it's the same with religion, um, because a lot of Native Americans and indigenous people are Christian now. Right, of We course. don't focus a lot on, you know, older, I guess, religion. Older belief um, systems. Older mm-hmm. belief systems. And so, you know, I'm going to out myself here. One time I pronounced Lent or spelt Lent the wrong way. Uh, and my best yes. friend is Lutheran and... She, you know, miscorrected me like, hey, this is the way that it's, you know, pronounced. Actually, yeah. And I'm like, or it's spelled. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, so sorry. I did not realize that I did that. Like, thank mm-hmm. you for letting me know. Right. And I have fixed it ever since. So it's right. just, you know, you got to there's mistakes that are can and will be made. But you just got to learn from those mistakes and be OK that you are going to make those mistakes. OK. And how would you tell listeners who maybe have uh, someone that they know or have a friend who's indigenous approach maybe certain questions that that they have and maybe that weren't answered on this show but if they have questions about the culture or the heritage how would they go about asking those to people I would say try to be insensitive sometimes those questions just aren't (laughs) Um, like I've had you know, the few questions of what do you do about adoption or Mm. what do you do about, um, 
being in a different state from the nation or right. how, how does that affect you? And I mean, really, it's just you have to be okay with answering those hard questions. Okay. Um, and as like the learner, you have to be okay with hard answers. Um, not everybody can explain everything. Um, not everybody's going to have that knowledge, unfortunately. Right. Um, there are so many different, you know, nations, tribes, places. Um, you, and it's just so, it's such a broad world and it's such a broad truly is. thing yes. to be able to undiscover all of it. Because there are so many different things within, you know, Texas or Oklahoma or, you know, Kansas and up compared to California, New Mexico, and Arizona. There's mm -hmm. just so many different indigenous people within that, that nobody's going to be the same. Everybody's going to be different, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Are there any topics we didn't cover that you wanted to share with people who are, are looking to learn about this sort of thing? I wouldn't say topics. Um, I would just say just be open to learning and being okay to understand that, you know, there's going to be such different things in life compared to, you know, European things. Um, you know, as indigenous people, we kind of seem to be looked down upon and mm. things in life, um, unfortunately. So just be willing to be there for us as we, you know, rise from the ashes of yeah. everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot more upcoming. Um, the talk of indigenous people, especially within, um, you know, most mainly a lot of it's focused in Oklahoma. Well, now many other states are starting to open up and talk about it. That's good. And so I hope that continues. I think it's awesome how, you know, a lot of it was shushed out of the southern states for such a long time oh, and yeah. now that it's slowly so. opening back up and more and more people are talking about it i think it's awesome because a lot of them only focus it on just california you mm -hmm. know and then you just have oklahoma or you have the northeastern you know up um in the northeast and no one else has really talked about but i'm like there are so many other places that have had these indigenous people for such a long time that they're not talked about because you go to, you know, the Four Corners and you can do a drive through there and go look at what they left, what these indigenous people had left in the rocks. And I, right. I've done that before with my family. And I think that's the coolest thing. That is so amazing. So be okay with going out and exploring the museums that they have. If you see, you know, anything that looks remotely cool, because, you know, a lot of people pick up arrowheads and they think that's the coolest thing. I'm like, okay, well, go go get in a museum and go look at what they have there. Right. It's so awesome, the history that can be shown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you for coming on. I think we're going to close up with that. I, that, was, that was amazing. I, I hope you listeners uh, enjoyed that as well. Of course, we went over a lot of information and there's still plenty of material out there. So just do your research like uh, Abby talked about, you know, really do your research on maybe what you want to buy, especially if you really like that, uh, that style, if you're going to kind of go with that theme. Um, but also do your research about the history because I read like just a few articles and I'm 
I'm truly amazed at what has happened, uh, especially during the time of when reservations were being allotted and, and things like that. It, it's very interesting and it's not easy. It's not easy to read whatsoever, but I think it's important for everyone, um, everyone to know. If you have someone who is indigenous, you know them, or you have a friend, really, really be supportive is all that I think they're asking for is being supportive and really stepping back and, and helping them raise their voice too. So if you'd like to know more about that kind of stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some resources in the description, um, maybe get a few more for you guys. And if there's something that I didn't cover that you were curious about, don't hesitate to uh, send us a message on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the Planet 100.7, the uh, radio station we're based out of. But until next time, be safe out there, folks, and take care. Carlson Radio Network podcast with production from me, Taylor Welch, and me, Carissa Cole. Find more great shows by searching Carlson Radio Network wherever you get your podcasts.